0: Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that reaches into every corner of the company's operations to bring you all the top stories in the property world. And today we're going virtually at least to Barcelona, Amsterdam, Boston, Seattle, Denver and Austin to find out why these are some of the world's hottest cities in the land of tech.
1: These are certainly growing talent magnets. These are places that young tech workers, they want to live, they want to work there. They've all got access to an incredibly well-educated tech workforce. There's a very high concentration of good schools. And we'll
0: be asking what they need to do to stay in the top division.
2: I think the question is, how much will the type of place that Talent is looking for going to change and I think it comes back to some of those lifestyle elements these really attractive cities that offer the you know, benefits of outdoor living
0: I'm Guy Ruddle and with me today I have people from four corners of the Savills world let's start with Paul Tostevin he's a director of Savills world research he's a regular on real estate insights and he's the man behind the annual tech cities report Paul welcome back how have you been
2: Hi, Guy. Very good, thank you. Great to be back.
0: Good stuff. So, now, let's uh, go to various parts of the world. Uh, And we've got people sort of waving flags for their respective cities. We've got Anna Yane, who is chairman and CEO of Savills Aguirre Newman in Barcelona. Anna, hello and welcome to you. Hello, thank you. Uh, jordi clemens is based in amsterdam he's head of research for savils netherlands jordi welcome to you too thank you good to be here and sarah dreyer is head of america's research and she's got the job of representing or maybe even adjudicating between boston seattle denver and austin in the conversation that's about to come sarah welcome to real estate insights
1: Yes. Hi, Guy. Thanks for having me. We'll be excited to talk through these four cities.
0: Great stuff. So let's get going. Paul, let's start with you. So we're talking about this because in your annual Tech Cities report, there's a section called Lifestyle Cities. Could you just explain what what you mean by these Lifestyle Cities? Yes, of course.
2: So we've been doing Tech Cities now for five years, and it's always been about what tech talent is looking for in a place to live and work. And we know that tech talent has favoured some of the world's most vibrant cities, and actually a lot of those have been sort of smaller what we call tech lifestyle locations like Austin, Berlin, Tel Aviv. And actually these cities are, are punching well above their weight on a global stage, you know, relatively evenly with some of the big tech mega cities like London and Shanghai. And, you know, a lot of the reason that they're doing well is because they're, they have that sort of sweet spot in terms of being, you know, big enough of, of scale to have complementary businesses, access to deep pools of talent, but they're also great when it comes to kind of wellness and, um, ease of commuting, perhaps by bike.
0: So the, there are a few tech cities, but as I say, we're, we're going to focus on the, on those ones that we, that we mentioned earlier. Let's start with Barcelona and Anna. Um, Anna, um, do you recognise Barcelona as being sort of as, uh, as Paul described it?
3: Yes. Um, Barcelona has become a hub for tech industries for several reasons. First of all, The quality of life that Barcelona offers is a magnet for talent. Over a quarter of the population of our city are international profiles, and most of them are highly qualified. So the digital industry finds in Barcelona the talent that it needs. In our city, quality of life means a good urban planning, an excellent architecture, and a mix of urban users. In Barcelona, you can live, work, and shop in a short radius. It is a walkable city. This is the Mediterranean lifestyle. Yeah. Secondly, Barcelona has a local technical system that is very well articulated and holds top-level international events, such as the Mobile World Congress, which facilitates alert-scale networking and the transfer of know-how. And finally, another important reason: office rents and the cost of living in Barcelona
0: are more economical than in other similar cities. Yeah. So, so all those are really strong and, and and powerful reasons. But at the risk of being a bit of a simple fool, is there a level at which you know all those are important? But you know, just Barcelona is a really cool city. Is, it, does that matter? Is it, yes yeah thats
3: that's very important it's, it's a very cool city and and has a unique culture because our city is over two thousand years old and I really think that the the top talent um, um wants to live in, uh, in a special place and I really think that Barcelona can offer that lifestyle that they they want to live
0: yeah. So let's move from one really cool city to, you know, frankly, another really cool city, I guess, in Amsterdam. I these are, these are uh, uh, personal judgments, but I think most people would agree that Amsterdam is a, a pretty, sc- pretty cool city, Jordi. Um, is, is, it ob- is there a sort of obvious pride in Amsterdam about having the sort of lifestyle that attracts tech
4: industries and tech people? I think in general, um, it, 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 you could say it's, it's a vibrant city. Uh, you see a lot of uh, cultural different uh, influence from from different cultures uh, at this moment, uh, who are uh, coming into the cities or are, are already uh, present in the, in the city. Um, and I think one of the things, things what what is very important for Amsterdam is because of distances are small in the Netherlands. Um, uh, within one and a half drive, hour drive, you are uh, at the German border, for instance um uh, you are able to to uh, to visit the forest within twenty minutes or go to the beach within twenty minutes from amsterdam um, and that that makes it very, uh, this the city very li- livable in my opinion
0: and are you as a city do you think you're overtly competing for tech talent with other cities or is it just sort of happening organically?
4: I think it's, it, it, it's, it's the, the second one, um, I think uh, uh, for sure uh, the, the, the government and, and the municipality itself are really focusing on, uh, uh, on attract uh, tech talent, um, but uh, tech attract tech, uh, and, and that's also one of the focus points in the Netherlands, that um, uh, we created uh, hubs and, and campuses. Uh, where uh, different uh, companies can work together uh, in the same uh, tech segment. And so uh, I think uh, that that's also a very strong point. Uh, but uh, in the first place, it, it, it began organically.
0: Yeah. Sarah, um from where you sit, uh, cuz I I suppose you you you're in Washington, so so you, you have an you're ev- you're not biased towards one of these four cities that we're talking about in the states at the moment, Boston, Seattle, Denver, uh and Austin. Are, are they all competing with each other and with the likes of uh uh, uh you know, New York and uh, and and what have you to be cities that are great for tech people that that offer the right lifestyle?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sitting here and just looking at all of the cities across the U.S., uh, it's like trying to pick, you know, your favorite kid out of what's the top tech city, because, you know, to your point, there truly are so many between New York, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Los Angeles. But I think these really stand out because, uh, you know, what you hit on as far as the cool factor, um, these are certainly growing talent magnets. These are places that young tech ter- workers, they want to live, they want to work there. Uh, I think what, you know, unites all of these with some common themes is they've all got access to an incredibly well educated tech workforce. There's a very high concentration of good schools uh, in each of these cities that attract both from within their regions and outside of the state um, due to the quality of the education that you get and the tech programs that are available. Uh, So they're really able to retain and attract uh, that talent uh, and a talent pipeline that's going to feed into the tech ecosystem in all of these cities. Um, I think they offer a quality of life that's really Unique. It's much different than my outdoors. Like if I go outside my house in Washington, D.C., their outdoors is much different. I mean, this is access to woodlands and mountains and lakes, skiing and hiking, uh, national parks, all of that, that really make it uh, a wonderful place to live, uh, as well as their culture, their community, uh, and just being more affordable than some of the cities you mentioned, like a New York or a San Francisco. I,
0: I, in the election that, that you have just had, one of the things that was talked about a lot was the mobility of people and the mobility of, of, of particularly Democratic voters, you know, moving to places like Atlanta and Austin and places like that. Do you think that there's more mobility in, in, for, for, for talent and tech in America than perhaps there is in Europe?
1: I think so, and I think even coming out of what's you know we're seeing with the pandemic, that's something that we're going to see uh, continue to be an impact and uh, affect the way that people do move around. I, I think we've all learned from this that you may not necessarily need to be tied to one location um, for your work, it's certainly resulting in more distributed teams. And these cities that just offer this vibrant quality of life and community, I, I think they're going to continue to attract more, more people to them in the coming years.
0: Paul, well, that's an interesting point that Sarah sort of started us down the road of, perhaps, which is the the, the point of, of, you know, not everybody having to be in the same place at the same time. The the COVID experience having perhaps changed the way we we think about these things. Maybe not totally, but but to a degree, is that a is that a threat? Do you think to a lot of these tech cities, the idea that actually it doesn't necessarily matter so much where you're based?
2: yeah and i think certainly the pandemic has has led to a bit of a reassessment about what what that talent is is looking for and obviously the near term challenge has been you know mobility has been curtailed there's been a fall in the number of visas issued but that's clearly going to rebound i think i think the question is how much will the type of place that talent is looking for going to change Um, and I think again it comes back to some of those lifestyle elements that that Sarah was talking about in the context of the US you know these these really attractive cities that offer the benefits of outdoor living are only going to get more attractive
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it well, is there a danger that, that, at, that at some level that, you know actually cities lose their advantage and they're never going to lose their geographical advantage obviously but you know uh, Jordi for instance with for you in, in Amsterdam you know Amsterdam is everyone talks about Amsterdam all the, all the time at the moment is, is there a danger that actually you're going to become a victim of your own success and that you know that, that rents will go up uh, costs will rise uh, that the whole place will become you know I don't know more, more like london in terms of prices <laughs>
4: um, there's al- al- uh, always a ch- chance i think um, uh, but i, I think um, the regions uh, here locally are working strongly together um, and for sure we have seen a, a huge price increase. Um, uh, that was not only the case because of the success of, of tech cities uh, but also due to uh, low interest rates and stuff like that um, so um, uh, I would wouldn't say that it's a it's a real risk, um, but I, I think uh, due to COVID uh, the economy is slowing down a, a bit, and, and that will uh, will um, also keep some pressure on the, on the prices to 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 a decline of, of uh, prices. Um, If there was a real threat, uh, I would say it it will be the shortage of housing uh, in the Netherlands. Um, At this moment, there's a shortage of of uh, 300,000 homes, um, and and that's an enormous amount. Um, So, um, More stock is needed, and uh, hopefully uh, we are able to to build a lot more houses to to stay attractive for for people uh, from, from all over the globe. Yeah,
0: Anna. Um, let's come back to you in Barcelona because I, I think you mentioned it earlier. But the the idea of Barcelona's tech city, and, and you know, sort of very specifically saying this is what we're going to we're going to create an environment which is absolutely right for these people. Is that an essential part of it, or or would it have happened? Do you think anyway?
3: Well, it's, it's, it's essential, but I don't think that after the pandemic cities will, will have to make changes in order to, to be able to provide a better quality of life to the inheritance, attending to requirements as important as social cohesion or the climate emergency. And I really think that Barcelona has a good example in this sense, because uh, urban planning can be an excellent tool. And our city has understood, I think, has few in the world of the importance of urban planning in the well-being of its inhabitants. And in Barcelona, we have a district, a district, or the so-called district of innovation. What began as a massive urban renewal project uh, today represents a new place for economic, urban, and social innovation, and it has attracted thousands of companies and workers over nearly two decades. So, well... I think that uh, the pandemic can be an opportunity to to make those changes that that
0: the the, the cities and the population need Paul, it's interesting isn't it, you know that that what Anna's saying about you know when she says that there's an area which of deprivation which has been turned into an innovation area see that's that's fascinating, but also it's not that unusual, is it
2: yeah i mean uh, I guess sort of gentrification does does go hand in hand with, with you know, sort of the success of some of these cities and, um, you know, I guess the, yeah, the growth of, of tech more broadly as it it's spreads into more locations. And, you know, may, maybe Austin is a, is a case in point there. It was our first top tech city back in 2015. And, you know, we, we've seen that city mature as a tech hub and costs have risen as a result. Um, you know, and this, this is why we're, we're tipping places like Detroit's which are much earlier on the curve where costs are lower um, and has that that longer term potential. So it's identifying those locations that that are next I think is important in that in that context too.
0: Yeah well let's let's talk about that a little bit then because you know well first of all Detroit Sarah do you agree with Paul that, that places like Detroit are, are, are potentially, you know, have have a great future in this area?
1: Absolutely. And and totally agree, too, that, you know, pre-pandemic in all of the lifestyle cities, we certainly did see housing costs and office space costs rising, which, um, to Yordi's point, I think will be curbed a little bit by uh, what we're seeing with the downturn. But Detroit is a really exciting story Uh, and just a rapid transformation there. I think, you know, I heard one of our our local experts say they've done in 10 years what it's taken other cities, you know, twice as long, three times as long to achieve as far as um, creating a really blossoming tech scene uh, that was born out of the global financial crisis really with the auto industry being so hard hit and the city needing to diversify and change um it really is a, a great place as far as uh, you know a big city feel at, at a much lower cost as far as your cost of living your cost of housing your cost of office space
0: Jordi, uh, you know, you've got a, a, another city in your part of the world, Eindhoven, which is on the, the, the in, in the Tech Cities Report, there's a, apart from the lifestyle cities, there's a, the rising global tech contenders, which we've been talking about a bit, and uh, Detroit's one of those, but Eindhoven, which is, you know, sort of uh, another part of your patch, uh, is one of those, what's so special about Eindhoven?
4: Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a bit fan of Eindhoven. Uh, I, I lived there for, for six years um, and uh, I, um, w- what's happening over there is you see a very strong cooperation between uh, uh, the, the surrounding, um, uh, not only Eindhoven itself, but also the surrounding um, um, municipalities. Um, so you uh, you see that the whole area is working strongly together to, to attract tech cities and to facilitate uh, tech cities and and to facilitate their employees. But also the distances again are are very uh, short. Um, so uh, it's a region itself, but on the other hand, you are able to to drive within an hour to Amsterdam. So uh, that combination makes it it very uh, special uh, special in my opinion. And I think you see the parallel there with uh, Detroit. Uh, I'm not very well known in Detroit, but I I was there in in 2012 uh, and I I saw the the city was struggling at that that moment. And if you you see and hear right now what has happened and what's happening over there, it's unbelievable to to see. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, 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 they are uh, on the correct list uh, to be uh, global tech, uh, rising tech contenders.
0: Yeah, uh, Paul. Um, just before we get on to the Savile standout statistic, which we you know, obviously is a, a, a an important feature of Real Estate Insights, can we have a quick word with you about venture capital? Because I know that's always been one of the key benchmarks for 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 you in measuring the success of a tech city of as you know, how much venture capital money is going into tech companies in that part of the you know in, in each city. Is that still an important thing? yeah absolutely and you know, it's been
2: remarkably resilient during the pandemic i think as um, you know people have shifted to online services during that time you know uh, confidence in tech investment has only increased um so you know it has dropped off a little from the 2018 high but if you if you look at where that money's flowing it's still very much dominated by the u s and and indeed china um which has sort of uh, taken a much larger share in recent years um, and actually the other interesting point here is around where sort of Europe fits in and actually it's only really London that makes it into the, the top 10 for VC investment and you know while a number of other European cities are there and they're growing um, you know they still haven't been able to compete on quite the same level when it comes to sort of pure investment and so I think that's one of the areas that, that we'll see develop o- over the coming years.
0: So maybe these maybe these VCs need to start looking at your t- uh, your lifestyle cities more, Paul. That's what they need to do. Is they need to make, pay Absolutely. more attention yeah. to you. Let's get on to the Savile Standout statistic. Now, um, Paul's done this many times before, so he's an old hand at this, but I'm sure you've all been warned that we, we need a little nugget of information, a thought that perhaps just brings a, shines a little light uh, on, on something for us. Who let's have Paul first of all. Let's Paul go first. Paul, what's your Savile Standout stat today?
2: Yeah, so I'll sort of stay with the VC theme. It's 83 billion, and that's, so that's the amount of venture capital investment into Beijing in the last three years. And interestingly, that's ahead even of San Francisco, which was at 70 billion over that same three-year period. Um, that's actually switched in the most recent year, but I think it just makes the point that you know China, the US, are very much up there when it comes to that sort of big, big-picture funding environment.
0: Anna, have you got a Savile standout stat for us?
3: The total square meters of offices taken up last year, uh, 26% was taken up by tech and digital companies. So um, you can see that it's uh, very important for for our city. Yeah.
4: Absolutely.
0: Jordi, what about you? Have you got a several standout stat for us?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, 43%. And that's the share of uh, office take-up by uh, the IT sector in Amsterdam in uh, 2020 um, uh, so far. Um, I have to say um, uh, that was mainly the result of uh, of two big transactions of Aiden and uh, and Uber, who uh, were responsible together for 26% of the take-up.
0: Yeah, but it's still a lot. Forty-six percent—that's an awful lot, isn't it, Sarah? As I say, yeah, yeah. Sarah, as I say, you're you're covering an enormous market. you we have been talking about well, five cities in total from you today. There must be any number of statistics you can throw in our direction.
1: There sure are, but my, mine is quite similar, and for me it 's been a bright spot what we 're seeing is that forty percent of new large leases signed in the u s so far this year uh, post pandemic alone have been from the tech sector, which was more than double any other sector as far as activity
0: Well listen, thank you all so much for that it 's been a really interesting uh, uh, sort of trip all over the world really. Uh, <laughs> I, I do love talking about tech cities i don 't I, I struggle with tech myself, so i don 't know why I enjoy it so much but it 's been really really great to hear from all of you. Thank you very much for your time, and more particularly uh, for your wisdom. If you want to know more uh, about this, delve into the detail more, then the Tech Cities report uh, will be on the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. It's also it for for this rather extraordinary year. This is our last episode before Christmas. We'll be back in the new year. Uh, We'll start pretty early on, and we'll be talking about things like forecasts from all sorts of sectors for the whole of the year in the meantime have a very good christmas thank you very much for listening see you on the other side
3: this podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice savils accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content savils makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast